Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Broadcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Friday, December 30th, 2022, coming right up. It is the Book of Revelation, and the start of Book of Revelation is about your prayers and how Jesus Christ is going to wrap up the affairs of time on this flesh age and what happened to your prayers. A lot of people will say, I have prayed and didn't happen. Well, we're going to find out today what happens to prayers and takes a little bit of documenting through the Bible. And these are really important verses, these first five verses before we get into the trumps. And the trumps is just my favorite thing. But first, I have this to offer you. Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. And I'll send you this if you trade me for a $10 bill or more. And you go to companionchapel.com. Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. And it's just me out here. Companionchapel.com takes Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address. Companionchapel at gmail.com. And leave your address and make it easy for me if you send... $10 or more for one of these help me cover postage and these are really cool you'll hang it off the mirror of your pickup truck or you'll um, put it with your favorite things or you can even wear this thing it's really nice for girls it's just a nice little piece it's cool to have $10 bill or more whatever you can help me out with whatever God-given talent you have God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit looking for a co-host and looking for a many-membered body and whatever part you want to play, get involved today. Now let's go to Revelation chapter 8, verse 1. And this is just the greatest thing. And when he had opened the seventh seal, and that's the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, at the seventh vial, seventh seal, seventh trump. There was silence in heaven about the space of a half an hour. Now that's not a half an hour on our wristwatch. That's a half an hour in God's time. One day at the Lord is a thousand years. We're entering the Lord's day here. And Second Peter chapter 3 and Psalms chapter 90 will tell you one day with the Lord is a thousand years. So this is just means a segment of time. And why was there silence? There's lots of places we can go, but I'll pick Second Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4, I'm sorry. And let's just read about the space of time where it's really quiet for half an hour. And it reads... For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. He descends with a shout and a trump. What is that? We have to think about this. It's, it's the great hush that we're talking about. It's the great, he's just like, everybody be quiet. You got, you, you might, you're my children and look at you fighting like little kids in a sandbox. You're blowing each other up. You're uh, exploiting each other. You're treating each other like they're surplus and expendable. You're oppressing each other. When Jesus Christ returns, it's hush up. The lot of you. Look what you people are doing to this planet and to each other. And you think you're coming back to a place of peace beyond your present comprehension? Think again. Now, here we go. And that's what the great it's a great hush. Every knee shall bow. It's like nobody will be sitting there, like it says in Jude, chapter six or verse sixteen, when it says all the murmurers and complainers that walked in their own lust and spoke great swelling words. It's over. The multimedia is over. No one has anything else to say because here we go. Jesus Christ came from. We go back into our spiritual body at the seventh vial seal and Trump. And then we see everything that is now presently beyond our current understanding of physics is opened up to us. We're not reduced and restricted anymore. We're in these flesh bodies and it's hush up the lot of you. Everybody, every knee will bow. That's the space in half an hour. Okay, And I, heavens just means aloft. Like it's going to 
it's it's coming it's an actuality that was going to happen and i saw the seven angels which stood before god and to them was giving seven trumpets he's just identifying johnny's just identifying who these people are okay so he's saying well it's the same seven angels well the same seven angels sounded at the exact same time as the seven seals and seven trumps and that and seven vials and that's the easiest thing to prove and we'll be proving that uh in tomorrow's lesson and now i forget why i turned the page oh yeah because the, the book of Revelation isn't chronological. Like John could only be shown so much at one time. And that was his great commission right off page one. John, write this down over and over. I said, John, you watch this and you write it down. Okay, if Hollywood can put on documentaries and try and show us the future with their CGI and their, and their imagination, God can put on a documentary for John. Say, this is what's going to happen. Okay, John. This is what's going to happen. These seven angels, which blew the seven trumpets at the same time as the seals and the vials, okay, we're just identifying, okay, uh, he's in this, with this posse, with this group of people. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it up with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. Angels are the messengers. He's offering up the prayers. When you pray, this is really important. You know, you can say to your angel to amplify your prayer, face the Lord Jesus Christ. Sing as loud as you can and as close as you can for me. And then you repent. And that's the rules of praying is repenting. We know that from the book of Matthew when the, those two kids, the guys, the guy, I think it's Matthew 19 or 21, I forget. The guy's got two kids. He says, one kid, you get to work. And the kid goes, no, I'm not going. And then he repents and he goes. He didn't repent from a change of heart. He repented from consequences. There's a great lesson there. Then the one kid says, yeah, I'll go to work and doesn't even show up. A no-show. You know, typical of today's kids now because they're downstairs in the basement playing video games. But I'm just saying that repent means change of heart. It means you don't feel it anymore. You're not going to do that anymore. And you have to repent to the Lord Jesus Christ or he won't listen to you. And it's as simple as that. And that thread that runs through the Bible is major. Okay, repent can't be going through the motions and then having the intentions to do it again. Now, how does God hear your prayers? Let's just talk about this for a second. A lot of people say, how can God know what I'm thinking and what I'm doing? Well, think about this. Your spirit is an energy and your soul is an energy. And that makes up your identity. So your spirit is the intellect of your soul. Your soul is your life force. And we know by the by reading this book your life force over and over is written at least three times four times in the bible your life force is in your blood and your spirit is the intellect of your soul that's your character your reactive attitude that motivates all actions that's your personality and that's an energy and now science has figured this out in their infinite wisdom but we i like studying true science i spend a lot of time studying true science that the human brain as an adult uses up over 20 percent of your daily energy and it doesn't do anything it doesn't matter if you run a marathon or lifting weights all day or if you're busy outside all day doing things physically like with muscles that contract and burn energy the brain is using over 20 percent of your daily energy so that's not metabolic that's your psyche that's your spirit that's physiological that's what surrounds you that's your energy. Now, we have science now. It takes pictures of people through these electromagnetic cameras, and you can see it. We're all connected. God is an energy. When you look up into the sky, and we say, you know, all these brilliant, um, 
scientists, quantum physics scientists. You know, I read a paper on them the other day, and yeah, is the universe energy, or is it matter? Is it a physical world, or is it energy world? What's an energy world? And that, and that, they call that energy the field, and it's beyond our current understanding and perception of physics. But that field of energy has the authoritative power over everything in the physical world. It keeps everything in the physical world in its spot, whether it's other planets, constellations, solar systems, keeping us the perfect distance from the sun, rotating this planet exactly 24-7, 365 for billions of years. Easy to prove through real science. And the Bible says the same thing right off the first page, Psalms 90. Jeremiah 4, 2 Peter chapter, like over and over and over again. Psalms 104. Okay, so science is only just proving the Bible. True science, not pseudoscience, Hollywood science, Netflix science, documentary science. Okay, now think about this energy. They call it the field. Well, we've been calling that the Holy Spirit Christians for thousands of years. That's God's authoritative, diminutive power over matter. And our energy is connected to that energy. We're all connected. We're all part of this God's human family. So when people say, oh, you can't know your thoughts, your intents, your actions. Think about that. Your spirit, your energy, your psyche is taking up 20% of your energy. And don't forget in a child, it's 60%. So Jesus Christ warned us about, don't corrupt my little children. They're soaking it up constantly. Be careful what you put into those little bodies. The food and the information because they're soaking it up and they're trying to make sense of it all. Now us here in our adulthood, 20%. So God hears your prayers because we're all connected. And so here's all the prayers of the saints and the smoke of the incense which came which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angels' hands. See the natural order of things as we see in Revelation chapter 1, the verse verse. These, these revelations, the unveiling, the revealing of the truth here of Jesus Christ, which God gave him. There's a natural order of things. Yahweh, through his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, um, through the angels and to the servants. Now don't overstep your spot in the many-member body. Know that natural order of things some people have taken more time to study and some people are newbies and some people think just because they get a few verses in into their dialect or then they think they're uh, all sudden experts in their field just be careful just respect the many-membered body and respect your spot in and just do the best you can now there's the prayers of the saints, the prayers of the saints twice saints means dedicated ones it means set aside ones it means us the peculiar people. It means us, the ones who signify. That means get sanctified, signify to God, signal to God and signal, signal to others that we're part of the many-member body of Christ. And we're just passing through this little short flesh age, which James calls a vapor of time. And he's telling us, consider infinity back, infinity forward. Psalms chapter 90, we dwell and cohabitate with God in his circuits of time. This Bible's like a circuit telling us what's going on through the threads that run through the Bible. It's a circuit. God's circuit. Psalms 19. Psalms 90. Cohabitate with God. This little flesh age. So much just depending on it. And then we go on, not reduced and restricted, back into our 
spiritual bodies where all this energy that we have this life force and our spirit the intellect of our soul go back it's as simple as that to cohabitate with god in his circuits of time right now he's upset with two-thirds or one-third of us that fell and so he set up this age and gave us this book hey this is what's happened this is how it's going down if you want to pray to me then you have to set yourself aside that means you have to repent and pray and the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it to the earth. And there were voices, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. Okay, now this is, what's this? The prayers of the saints already ascended to Father. He's listening. He enjoys it. What are these? These are the rejected prayers. These are the prayers from people. For example, Proverbs 28, verse 9. If... You turn your ear away from hearing God's law, that's God's commandments, the rules in this book to get back to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. The governmental rules, God's perfect government. Mankind has a 100% failure rate at governing ourselves. 100% across the board since day one. From the kitchen table to the world stage, it fails. God's 100%, God has governmental perfection. And he expects you to follow it and to obey. But the people that don't obey, getting back to Proverbs 28, people that just want to make up their own rules or just say, this isn't convenient for me. Uh, there's some rules here that aren't convenient for me. I don't believe this. I don't believe that. But I'm going to say my prayers. Even your prayers are abomination to God. Proverbs 28.9. Abomination. Here he goes. He just fired him right back down. Hey, try again. In uh, Psalm 66, 18, if you regard iniquity in your heart, that means moral corruption, spiritual corruption, ethical corruption, social corruption. If you regard it in your heart, like you pay homage to it, you think, hey, maybe that's okay. The Lord God will not regard you. He's not going to listen to your prayer. He fires these prayers right back on planet Earth. There's a wailing and gnashing of teeth that goes on right in the spot, right as the seventh Trump, file, and seal are opened. And always remember, this was great that this was inserted because it explains a lot. It's the same dialogue as the seventh seal, Trump, and vial when they're initially opened in, in chapter 11, 13 to 15, and chapter 16, verse 18. But this is the only spot where it tells us, it, it helps us understand why there's wailing and gnashing of teeth because people marginalize God's word. And there were voices, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. This isn't a weather event. Okay? Voices are, are, are the people's. Like these these uh, rejected prayers and people wailing and gnashing their teeth after this silence in heaven. Jesus Christ, the, the earthquake is Zechariah chapter um, 14.4, where Christ's feet smash through the Mount of Olives. That'll shake the earth up. These thunderings and lightnings, thunderings just means you can't, thunderings means it's happening, there's a lot happening, it's like you can't ignore it, it's the same word as, or the same meaning as the word lightnings, it means it's glaring you right in the eye, you can't ignore it, we're being gathered together. And it says in three spots, why is it saying three spots in the book of, or in chapter 16? Chapter 16, we're gathered into three spots. And that's because there's people on the heaven side, people on the hell side, and people that are still in these flesh bodies about to be judged. 
and it's as simple as that so this isn't a weather event it's not like he's gonna have an, a thunderstorm when he comes back his feet smash through the Mount of Olives, as it's written in Zechariah chapter 14. He does some landscaping. What we do? Jesus Christ can do that. And voices and thunderings and lightnings, these are, hey man, this is earth-shaking events going on here. It's glaring you right in the eye. There's no ignoring it. That's the thunder, the lightning, the voices. There's a lot going on. And this, Okay, so let's just talk a bit more about rejected prayers here. What do people, what do people pray about? Now you think about this. Think about these little kids down here in uh, in Brazil, like say in the slums. And you watch them praying over a bowl of soup. They get one bowl of soup a day out of a dirty margarine container that's from the garbage, and they're saying their prayers. Now, do you think they've been trained or been uh, educated to know to repent and to cleanse themselves before they say their prayers? No. But do you think God's going to hear their prayers? Of course he is. Do you think God's going to hear the prayers of the oppressed people who had no chance, say, under labor oppression in China or a child labor in Africa or just anywhere where people don't have a chance? God is fair. Even people that are brought up into a different religion, say, off, off of Abraham's son Ishmael, and they read the Quran, at least they believe in God and they're praying. They've just been taught a different doctrine. Do you think God's going to cut them some slack? I, I think so. Not the leaders. Always remember the leaders. God tells us all leaders that he puts in charge. And that's in Daniel chapter 4. And this is just the greatest thing that's ever written. All the evil in the world comes from the human heart. And Daniel chapter 4, God tells us evil, evil has to destroy itself from within. That's Psalms chapter 37. Evil has to destroy itself, but God sets it up. Okay, so now he's telling us, the most highth ruleth in the kingdom of men. God's in charge right now. Satan suggests, suggests, he's the prince of the air, and God allows. But look what God does. And giveth it to whomsoever he will, and setteth up over it the basest of men. God sets up all, all these governmental systems, who's going to be in charge? Like that, you have to wrap your head around that. Because evil has to destroy itself. It has to be exposed from the most evil people on the planet. And they oppress his children. They lie to his children. And they try and blow up his children. And they lie through, and they try and control his children through big food, through big pharma, through the, any military industrial complex, and through energy either directly or by a subsidiary, the shareholders and stakeholders, do you think their prayers will be answered if they're making gain at the expense of others? That's what I have to go to, like I'm talking about whose prayers get answered here. People sitting back making gain at, gain at the expense of others. Let's see. Let's see what Proverbs has to say about that. And I remember this verse just offhand. It's Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 16. This is people who passively, aggressively, or passively think that, hey, it's all good. This is your investment portfolios. People with investment portfolios, like I just finished saying, all the money can be tied. Money is the root of all evil. And it can be tied to big pharma, big food, uh, military industrial complex somewhere, energy. All the money is going back into 
Satan's four hidden dynasties. And it's either directly you're invested in it or indirectly, shareholder, stakeholder, doesn't matter. If you're sitting back in the in where Ephraim and Manasseh went, that means double blessed and forgetful, through Europe, Canada, United States, that's why we find churches in every village, every town, every city. And the most printed book on planet Earth is the Bible. It's the best-selling book on planet Earth. Do, you, do people follow it? Well, I can tell you one thing. They sure have a lot of money invested in evil. Just, just ruthless, unadulterated greed. Just attitudes of obscene entitlement. Proverbs 22.16 He that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches. And if you're doing it passively, of course you're held accountable. And he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. All your longings and wantings. That's what Satan dangles in front of people. The longings and wantings. Right from right from Cain. The etymology of the word Cain means acquisition, property. It's it's personal gain. And what was what did God say to Cain? He said, Listen, Cain. Satan said to Eve, forget about God. You are your own God now. You judge what is right and wrong. Okay, who do you think do you think those people's prayers are going to be answered? No. And in the Bible here it says in Genesis chapter 4, verse 7, here's biblical conditions denoting your free will choice. If if thou doest if thou doest the right thing, this is for all of us. All these things are written for examples for us. That's how human beings learn. If thou doest the right accepted things, your thoughts, your intents, your actions, you'll be raised up, lifted up from your fall back into the kingdom of heaven. He's saying this to Cain. And don't forget all the people that went the way of Cain. Whether you're doing it aggressively or passive-aggressively through your whatever you're making gain off of. If you're making gain at the expense of others, which pretty much everybody's investment portfolio does, you're going to be held accountable for that. Why would your prayers be listened? They're rejected. That's called being a hypocrite. You think you care about the human family? You don't. You have to take inventory of what's going on. If you choose not to do the right thing, yeah, I'm just going to do most of the right thing, but this here, yeah, I really like my uh, two-car garage with all my stuff and things. I like going out and buying stuff, and it doesn't matter who that's made from labor oppression or human rights violations or it's, or it's destroying our environment. It doesn't matter. I need my stuff, but I'm still going to say my prayers. Well, your prayers aren't going to be heard. Everybody that you're oppressing's prayers are going to be heard. God is fair. Okay, if you choose not to do the right thing, sin lieth at the door, and your desires and longings shall rule over you. Yeah, you can't help yourself. You're making too much money. It's too good. You go on the, you go on your bank's website or you go see your banker. They'll invest in anything as long as there's a return. They said that to me flat out. I said, what about the ethical about it? They said ESG funds. And I did my research into BlackRock. It led all the way to BlackRock in New York. ESG funds is a fake label. It's fake as fake can be. And people know that. People know that deep down inside. When you're saying your prayers, you know. What other things do people pray about? People pray for their own wants and perceived difficulties. They just pray about themselves. Like God will give you what you need, but he won't give you what you greed. God knows how much affliction each of us needs to humble for the eternity. So that's, that explains why it says God only chastises those that he loves. And give thanks for chastisement. If you want to go chasing your longings and wantings, you're going to find out how disappointed it is. Only the love of Christ in your heart grows. 
when you love something in the emptiness of the material world or in the meaninglessness and just senselessness and insincerity of the superficial world, those things never love you back. I know I walked it, so I can say, yeah, I remember in 210 when I looked at that Cadillac Escalade pickup truck, I was like, oh, longings and wantings, and I went after it. Did that thing ever love me back? No. It just the big V8, it's still out here. I still got the piece of crap. It's junk. It's junk. Like it's rusty. It's got three bald tires and a spare. It doesn't matter. It's never going to love you back. All the things you pursue will never love you back. Only the love of Christ in your heart through the Holy Spirit, the comforter, will love you back. It grows and grows and grows. And then you and then when you look at people, you don't point fingers. You spot people and their actions. But it's forbidden in the Bible to point fingers at people. And you pray for those people that are walking in darkness because their prayers aren't being heard. It's a great wailing and gnashing of teeth. And what is that? Let's, let's, let's just document this in the Bible. Go back to Jeremiah chapter 31. And all these people that end up in the hell side, that's just the saddest thing. The saddest thing. Okay? And where is this? Going down to the hell side, Ezekiel chapter 31 shall be comforted in the nether parts of the earth. Well, that's the worst translation I've ever heard. Comforted is nakam in the Hebrew. And it, it's a word that's omni, onomatopoic. Okay? And onomatopoic means words that sound, like the imitations of the sound, like a tick-tock for a clock or a cow goes moo, for example. And this word nakam, which they translated comforted, which is the exact opposite, means that's what they'll be saying. It's to lament out loud with anguish and sheer utter grief. Absolute mortification of the soul. To the nether parts of the earth, that's the lowest part of the earth. That's that's how it's described. Nether describes hell and throughout the book of Isaiah several times. That's people seeking righteousness. Oh, it's too late. That's the wailing and gnashing of teeth. Okay? And you seeking righteousness but there's no praise or presence of God whatsoever and that's where you end up and you realize you're there because of your own free will choice you have to take inventory with your whole life what stuff do you need and what stuff do you greed and who God gives much to he expects much in return now the reason people are crying out and weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth is when you see Abraham Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of heaven, of God, and you yourself are cast out. That's the wailing and gnashing of teeth. Nakam in the Hebrew. It's sheer, utter mortification of the soul. And you don't wish that on anybody. Not Uncle Bill, Uncle Klaus, Uncle Warren, or Uncle George Soros. We don't, just repent, you guys. You guys could really do a lot of good on planet Earth right now. But you've gone the way of Cain. We're leading up to totalitarianism, and we talk about this, and then Trump's. Of course God knew that this was going to happen. People were going to go the way of Cain. Now remember Matthew chapter 5, and this is just the most daunting verses in the Bible. Let's go to Matthew, I think it's Matthew 7 actually. When Jesus Christ is saying to Matthew chapter 7, okay, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. That means your prayers. Saying your prayers. You're not, it doesn't mean that just because you say your prayers, you're getting into the kingdom of heaven. 
because there's rules. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. We have to consider the whole human family and everything we think, say, and do. Our thoughts, intents, and our actions. God can read our thoughts, intents, and our actions because we're connected by our spirit, that energy. That's beyond your current perception and understanding of physics. Get over it. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and cast out devils? Like, weren't we doing the right thing here? And in thy name, have we, haven't we done like good stuff? We had the church, we had the lights on. What's Jesus Christ say? These are the most brutally daunting words in the Bible. The most solemn warning. If you think you can marginalize God's word. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Jesus Christ said, this, what this says in the manuscripts is, because you never made yourself known to me. You never took the time to get to know me, and we never could have a good conversation. Your prayers just got fired right back down to the earth, and there's wailing and gnashing of teeth because you decided to marginalize God's word. God's word is not written for your convenience. You can't tweak God's word for your convenience. You have to tweak your lifestyle for God's convenience. Look what Jesus Christ says. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. That would just be the most heart-wrenching mortifying things any human beings ever going to hear especially today's churchy church pseudo christians this book is not hard to understand as soon as you get rid of your traditions and your ego is what floats those traditions and you find a pastor or a preacher that can go to school and learn this little teeny book the holy bible one little book that's all you gotta learn and it's inexcusable to be standing behind the pulpit and not have a working knowledge of this book. It wasn't written in English. So what's that tell you? It's a translation. So what's that tell you? The true sense and meaning and full expression of the original language words have to be explored one by one like I have done. And then you find something. Hey, they, they create threads through the Bible. The etymology of the words means something. And you find that in all the, in the manuscripts and through the lexicons, like I keep saying. And those threads that run through the Bible form a glossary for understanding. Always translate within the Bible. Never translate anything outside the Bible, especially from Hollywood or from commentary bandits who will tell you that the book of Revelation is about monsters, beasts, and major weather events. That's not it at all. Be gentle with people. Try to come to an understanding of people. But the individual, it's up to the individual, has to get over themselves and thinking that they know everything and just be like a child, as Jesus Christ said. You have to be born again. Get all those ideals out of your spirit, that energy. Get that negative energy out and this word will come to life for you. And it's just the greatest thing. So there's your... We're going into the trumps now. We'll do that. In the next um, lesson, and this is just so easy because all this terminology runs threads through the Bible for interpretation. It's not weather events. Your front lawn's not going to get burnt up. There's not going to be a beast some morning in your backyard, some thing with a guy with a sword and fire. Like, like what do you do? Like, like think about how stupid that is. And you have to admit to yourself that thinking like that is just beyond all reasonable it's like what 
What do you do? Call the city when this beast crunches a 25-pound turd on your front lawn? Like, honey, the beast did it again on our lawn. Like, that's just ridiculous. This is all this, all this terminology in the book of Revelation runs threads through the Bible, right from page one all the way back. It's called a circuit. God's completing his circuit of time. I want to thank you very much for watching. And you know what? We have to we have to talk about a little bit about about prayer still. People pray against each other, that's forbidden. Okay, what not to pray for. People people pray like God is their personal butler or genie in the bottle. You, it's not the case. Don't tempt God, don't taunt God, and God will not be mocked without consequence. In Luke chapter 11, ask and you shall receive, and then in the very next couple of verses it tells you what to ask for. You ask for the Holy Spirit, that's the comforter. In the book of James, uh, James ask and receive nothing is because you ask it, you get nothing if it's in an ill-tent way and no regard if it's at the expense of others seen or unseen so never swear to god like in a prayer i swear to god i'm going to do this i swear to god i'm going to do that okay like an oath and stay away from written prayer because uh, you're just going through the motions it's god's will be done not your will as it's written god will not be mocked without consequences so just be careful what you pray for and think about it and consider the whole human family. I want to thank you very much. Thank you very much for watching. Go to companionchapel.com. Get your beautiful cross today. These things are gorgeous. I have a whole bunch of them. And companionchapel at gmail.com. Whatever God given talent you have, please help me out here. Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit. Thank you very much for watching. Have yourself a great day and bye for now.